Hey, Fernanda, how's it going? <laughs> good, good. A little sick today, but overall pretty good. How about you? Yeah, good to hear that because we spoke a bit, a little bit before starting the show. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're okay to, to have the show. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. Uh, it's been a, a, a an interesting week. I'm doing some renovations at home, so that's mm-hmm. always fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's been a long time overdue. So yeah, we're just fixing some stuff. So I'm I'm dealing with contractors and stuff. So yeah, that's always fun. A little upgrade <laughs> yeah. to the house. Yeah, the end part is fun, but just dealing with contractors is just sometimes not so much fun. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. So how's how was your week? Um, what did you work on? What was the challenges or any lessons that maybe we can dive in and maybe I don't know talk about? Yeah. Somehow? Yeah. Um, I actually started something really exciting this week. Um, so, you know, I'm really into no code, right? Yes. Um, and one of the things that I've always, I mean, I'm talking like since like 2017. Okay, that I've always been kind of upset about that you can't do with no code is create widgets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for websites right you can't you can't no code a widget and then put a javascript snippet on the website and make the widget show up um, and because I, for some reason i always wanted to create a widget <laughs> Okay. I'm a, I'm a nerd like that. It's just something I've always wanted to do, but I don't have the code chops to do it with code, and I never really wanted to learn. And then I came across um, a course by okay, now I can't remember his name, but I'll put it in the show notes. Um, who, and he he teaches how to create widgets with Bubble with no code, and I was ecstatic. I mean, like. I immediately bought the course and I've been implementing it. Um, And I'm actually, that's going to be my next project after I finish. Well, I kind of been parallel to finishing the course that I'm building for um, GPT-3 and no code. Um, I started building a widget and I'm so excited. (laughs) So is this a a widget of an existing app or it's the, the widget is the app? Like what is that? The widget will be the app. So what I'm building is um, a widget that, shows like little announcements um on the website so like say you have an app right and you have a new feature and you just want to show like a little a little announcement uh, like unassuming at the corner of your website just to let people know that you have this new feature um this widget will allow you to do that i'm pretty sure something like that already exists but i'm just doing it anyway because why not yeah um yeah, and um, so I'm doing it in Bubble. It's I actually, you know, I got the little design down for it. It's like a cute little widget that appears on the bottom right corner, and you'll be able to change where it appears. Um, yeah, That's and it, cool. it's, it's super simple. Yeah, super simple. But I, I was just so excited that I could build <laughs> a widget <laughs> with no code. And the the next course that I'm going to take of this person's is. Um, how to build a Chrome extension with no code, mm-hmm. uh, which is also really exciting for me because I'm all about these little, you know, building on top of of Google and building it on top of all these things. So I'm I'm excited. That's pretty cool. So that's <laughs> yeah. uh, that is on top of the course you're currently writing. Yeah, yeah, and I'm that. writing the course as well. But to be honest, I mean, like a course is not the most exciting thing to be working on. 
Um, and I tend to get bored very quickly, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I can work on something. I, I, I can focus really well, but I do get bored very quickly. And if I don't like spread my time between something that I'm really excited about and maybe something that, that I'm not so excited about, I just check out. So mm-hmm. I need something to kind of keep me going. So I'm doing those things in parallel. So like working in different things at the same time is sort of like uh, motivating to you and maybe it is. bounces off from one project to the other, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like okay. I was, I actually had a conversation with some people in the indie stock community um, about doing more than one thing at once. And a lot of them were like, no, I can only do one thing at once. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can't bounce around. And I, I, during that conversation, I kind of learned something about myself which is that I cannot only do one thing at once. Like I have to be doing more than one thing because I get bored so quickly. Even if what I'm doing is, you know, fun and exciting, like I I can't spend too much time on one thing. Um, I have to have like outlets, you know? Yeah, interesting. I mean, I've yeah. I've done that in the past and I've I've noticed that it takes a toll on me, so... But lately, maybe for the past year or so, I really prefer to work at one thing for a long stretch. Um, so if I have, let's say, a big feature that I have to release from my app, I can't. I mean, I, I am bouncing on different client projects and, and product, but I prefer to rather stay on that until it's done because I, I find that my brain sort of is more creative with different solutions and you know, finishing it faster. Um, so yeah, I, I've done that all my life. Just bounce off of different projects. Just you know, jump around, and I like that. I like the excitement of it. But then I never finished <laughs> any of them. So I was like, let me just try this focusing thing, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just launch the feature and get it out. But yeah, I know different people work differently, and I know that's motivational. Um, I don't know who I, I was talking to actually yesterday maybe can't remember exactly but they said the same thing like you did you know um the other project inspires them to keep going on the other one you know Mm -hmm. just kind of like get more creative like that so yeah different styles for sure yeah yeah and it's it's good for me to know this about myself and kind Mm of optimize for that because um i think that there was this there's a sort of um uh, th- this idea that it's not good to work on several things at once. And I kind of subscribed mm-hmm. to that a little bit where I was like, okay, if I'm working on more than one thing at once, that means I'm distracted. That means that I'm, um, that I'm not focused enough. That means that I'm not dedicated enough to the one thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm, I'm thinking of it in a completely different way. And I'm like, no, actually that's just the way I work. You know, that's just yeah. the way that's actually, the, the thing is I have to keep myself from doing more than two things, right? If I start to do three, four things, then it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I can't finish what I'm, what I started and, and then it becomes a problem. And I've done that in the past too, and it has not been good. So my max is two things being able to jump from one thing to the other when I get bored, it's it's just it's an absolute game changer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's good. To, honestly, it's, it's great to know yourself. You know, like because yeah. we read all these articles and whatever somebody's saying, 
and you say, oh, okay, so that's how it's done. I'll do the same. But now it's really not like that. It's more complex. Like you really have to know how your style is. And yeah, I, I think with more experience that I've gotten over the years, that has been crucial into you know making a delivery, just putting something up and knowing that, okay, this is how I work. And if something new comes up, I'm like, oh, no, I, I can't do that. Not that I don't want to. I would love to but it's not going to work. Like I mm -hmm. know myself, you know, I'll quit. I'll mess it up. I won't know where things are. Like next time I look at my code and mm -hmm. it's, yeah. So yeah, it's super important, you know? Yeah. And I think that yeah. comes with time, you know, mm -hmm. really just doing it in many different configurations um, and putting yourself in those positions and just figuring out what works best for you right mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's not a theoretical thing like you have to put it into practice to figure out what works and what doesn't yeah yeah, yeah I, i'm looking at some a tweet that i i tweeted yesterday and maybe it connects sort of to this one and it has to do more with time um and before like i used to rush myself a lot like look at the competition or look at what's going on in the market i'm like oh people need this i have to really push it out there but now i'm more like oh, i'm just gonna take my time you know i have to work the way i work and the only way i know how to do that is at this pace you know mm -hmm. so um i think it, knowing your pace um next to what your style is i think it's 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 amazing you know like you you finally get to produce I mean, I guess I'm talking from my own perspective, knowing how my style is, sort of work at one project for a long stretch of time and do it at a pace that fits me, like I produce best work like that. Uh, yeah. And somebody else maybe works faster, you know, and that's a couple of things like you. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pace is, really, pace is really important too. I think that I've also fallen into the trap of like, we have to get this out, we have to get this out. Mm -hmm. um, and that that can be really detrimental to i mean that can be so counterproductive right it turns out mm -hmm. that if it'll take more time because you're putting so much pressure on yourself and you're burning out um yeah and yeah it's yeah do you work slow how do you work like do you like let's say in a, in a given day can you sit on a project for like long hours or um I can sit. Yes, I can. I can work for long hours. I'm, I definitely can focus for a very long period of time, um, and I work pretty fast. Um, I'm not a perfectionist by any means, so for me, good enough is good enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so I so I work pretty fast because I don't get caught up in the small details. Um, I tend to put things out pretty quickly. Um, and that's how I, and that's how my pace is. That's how I like my pace to be, um, or else I, I get stuck and, mm -hmm. and then I just, it's easier to give up, um, yeah. if I start getting caught up. How about you? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, you know, like with block static, I've, I've sort of reset everything, um, in every which way I do things sort of listening to myself from how i did things before and it feels good to sort of be in control in that sense or at least make myself feel like i'm in control mm -hmm. uh because when you rush like i used to do that with clarity task it just you know wasn't panning out like um and it was always pushed by this pressure to succeed because i needed the money like i couldn't afford things that i wanted to afford 
And it was just always that pressure and that sort of screwed me up a lot in, uh, in terms of marketing the product or how I feel about the product. And now it's a little different, you know, like I'm pacing it a little bit better. Um, and, uh, you know, like sort of waiting for things to pan out on it on their own, like doing my part. But then, you know, you honestly have to wait sometimes because you put out, let's say, a new campaign about something that you're working on. And it will take a bit until people catch up and see what you're working on. Like you can't think that something you launch today, people will respond to it by tomorrow. You know, that's right. how we, I used to pressure myself and then just, you know, spiral down to to the ninth level of hell with that. <laughs> so now it's like, all right, I'm just going to take my time. You know, like this past two weeks, it's been so frustrating trying to pick an editor for Block Static, And there's so many out there. And they come with all kinds of price tags. And finally, I, I picked one, which is 95% what I like. I, it has some quirks, but I think I'll, I'll work them out. And um, it's, I think, by a company in Finland. It's Redactor X. Um, and I really like it. So I finally decided on it. And it's a relief because I couldn't move uh, forward with my project without picking that. But this time around, I sort of gave my time, you know, the, the space to really decide, to let the decision come to me. Uh, before, I would probably just, you know, list pros and cons on one side and the other, and then just mathematically, systemically try to make the decision. And, you know, like, that just feels like so technical now to me. And I'm like, you know what, like, I don't like any of these editors. I'm just going to let it come to me. So it took me two weeks, which doesn't sound a lot. But, you know, it's it's quite some time to, like, waste, quote, unquote, on, on something mm -hmm. like that. But, yeah, that's sort of, you know, my take on things right now. Like, yeah, I, I have these plans for this product, but, you know, I'm going to give it the time of day to really come together. And, uh, yeah, um, as long as that, that takes, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how that pans out, like this new philosophy of mine. Yeah, and this is a, this is a huge difference, too, between – you know, how we were talking about what's indie and what's startup. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a good distinction between, you know, an indie product, um, like independent bootstrapped product and a startup environment uh, where a startup is really driven by this urgency mm -hmm. you know it's like a race to who gets there first it's like a race to how can how fast can we you know how fast can we start mm -hmm. making revenue um whereas this indie bootstrapped kind of approach is a much more relaxed um kind of happiness first approach rather than mm -hmm. revenue first approach um and I'm all about that right now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good distinction between the two. Because before, uh, when you asked that question a week or so ago, I think we we tackled it from maybe the size, the monetary value. I can't remember like what we were uh, talking about exactly to reply to that tweet. But yeah, that makes sense. You know, the pace of things. Like startup, you're like, especially if you have, if you took money from someone, you know, like I would hate that pressure. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, you know, I had a I had a uh, product with a couple of friends for a couple of years. I think it's been forever. I don't do much with it. But uh, earlier this year, we took uh, on an investor with that. Uh, I wasn't working daily on it, but the pressure to produce and 
and meet deadlines and milestones, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, this is, I don't want this. Like I don't, I wouldn't, I would hate to have this like on, on daily basis, just that pressure, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So indie hacking, definitely like if that's, you know, if that's what, what somebody who's listening, you know, wants to get into is definitely that happiness first. Um, and then everything else, I think Rob Walling on his, startups for the rest of us intro says something along these lines you know like we don't want to burn out like it's just a startup that's uh lifestyle is like a, a bad word but yeah i mean why not it's a lifestyle business maybe making um i don't know a million maybe somebody you know like the card guy aj i think is his, his name on twitter mm -hmm. i mean he's basically solo or maybe with another you know developer and they're like up there in millions a year which is insane um, yeah and and a product that's a product that's 19 dollars a year right that is yeah. i mean that's just absolutely insane yeah that's that's, that's an amazing. incredible model to to yeah. run yeah anyway so um how's indie stack going I, I don't think we ever mentioned that in the show maybe we did but not to the length of like what's what's up with that yeah indie stack is kind of steady you know mm -hmm. it's um it's not like a rocket ship by any means um but then again i haven't you know I, I haven't i i put a lot of work and a lot of like love into the community itself for the people who are already there but in terms of growing it um i haven't done much to grow it mm -hmm. um and that's because um i've had these other things going on that you know um have been just frankly more profitable mm -hmm. <laughs> um and um yeah so it's going it's like it's steady you know the people who are in there are engaged the people who already kind of are part of the community um are great for the community but in terms of growing it i don't know i haven't <laughs> i haven't done much yeah i think that yeah. also depends on the people that are part of it like they're the they're like the content, you know, like I see that with the communities I'm in, it's like people that are in that sort of bubble in that community, like they're sort of, you know, you either luck out, I guess, that they have stuff to talk about, you know, and on regular basis, or is just like, you know, more wide open. Um, so the most successful ones that I've been a part of is usually people that are maybe on the same um, a level in their journey. And that sort of, you know, um, they they can relate more to one another. Uh, yeah, that, that would be tough. Like, that's something that I, I wouldn't have the guts to to try it out, to, like, run a community and then grow it. Like, that seems like a, another beast. But, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a bigger beast than I expected when I first mm -hmm. acquired it. Um, I Because I think that, y you know, Yaro, who I acquired it from, um, mm -hmm. did a really good job starting it up um and getting kind of the the interest that was there it's like you know it was like a fire like he he lit the fire right mm -hmm. and you get that initial ignition of the people who are going to sign up right away kind of early adopters and now it's like you know even with marketing even with um kind of putting it out there on mm -hmm. a daily basis you get a lot less people because all the people who were going to sign up for it already signed up for it okay. so 
um, I it would require me doing a lot more extensive work to really get more people to sign up for it. Um, and where it is right now is in a, in, in a kind of a good place and kind of a steady good place. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, I'm putting it on the back burner, kind mm-hmm. of being like, we'll just kind of coast along <laughs> where it is right now. And um, the, the few people that do sign up for it, you know, we get like a sign up every week or so. Okay. Um, you know, we'll grow it really slowly and grow it organically and not try to force it too much. Because I think there's also mm-hmm. the danger of, you know, if too many people come in at once, it becomes kind of chaotic and um, people end up not knowing each other anymore. Like right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone who's in there who really engages in the community really knows each other really well. You know, we all we know each other's projects. Um, we know each other's sort of preferences and styles, and um, that's kind of nice. You know, it's nice to have like a really close, tight knit community like that. And if there's if if I run like ads, for example, mm-hmm. we'll start to get a bunch of people who we have no idea who they are. We don't know if they're going to stick around. You know, so I'd yeah. rather do it more organically and and slowly. And I, I'm not relying on IndieStack for like sure, income yeah. or anything like that. So it's more of like a passion project um, that I'm just sort of sitting on right now. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. 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 I guess you know people have to build their relationships before somebody new comes in because then they can sort of welcome them in a way you know include them in the conversations that are going on uh compared to if you know 10 people per week join like that'd be right i can imagine that being a mess you know it's like oh there's somebody new unless they knew one another from before right um yeah it's really yeah. tricky it is a um, tricky balance yeah uh one thing i wanted to ask you about what do you think about like you mentioned uh or when we started the show uh, you were talking about the widget um, that you're working on and saying that there's probably something like that already in the market. Like that sort of struck a chord with me because I always um, my thinking about other other apps existing in the market is not such a big deal. And I'm curious, like, what you think about that? Like, when you start a new project, do you do you look at like, oh, there's there's already you know something like that in the market? Like, I shouldn't do it. Or like, is there like a threshold that you look for not to do it? Um, what are you sort of thoughts on that? Yeah, so not anymore. It used to be very much that way. Um, for I, I was naive <laughs> um, mm-hmm. for many years, I think, and I thought that I had to disrupt something, and I thought that I had to create something that didn't exist, um, and that was the only way that a startup could go on to be a unicorn right Mm -hmm. that was my thinking that was like how I was thinking before um that's what happened with radio uh the startup that I had that was funded um we wanted we were out to build something that really didn't exist Mm -hmm. and you know it turns out that it's really hard to build something that doesn't exist it's also really hard to convince people that they need something that doesn't exist mm-hmm. yet. Um, there is no market to kind of catch the wave on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Justin Jackson is always talking about, you know, you should build something. You should build something that where you know there's a market for it. 
Um, and when yep. you're building something completely new, there's no market for it yet because it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was the only way to do it, you know, that if something already existed, there's no point in building it again. And I'm, I've just done a complete 180 on that. Um, I think that it's the complete opposite now. And I think that if it already exists, then people clearly want it and need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's so many people in this world and there's so many people on the internet that you can always carve out a small piece of the market for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, sure. um, even if it's, a, even if it's a very small piece, you know, um, it doesn't matter. It's, I mean, look at card, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you just said, card is a landing page, uh, it's yeah. a landing page software. Like how many landing page, tools are out there so many you know before card came along and they're still doing Mm -hmm. a million what is it a million a year yeah Um, it's a lot yeah somewhere around those lines yeah for sure yeah they carved out a piece of the market it wasn't Mm -hmm. like if you think about it it's not a huge piece you know but it's still enough to make a huge difference in the founders lives oh yeah Um, for sure so that's how I'm that's how I'm approaching it now is that like it doesn't matter if it's already built or not um there will always be somebody who likes your solution more than the others you know um yeah. there there will always be the audience that is loyal to you so they'll go with your solution um there's always product hunt. <laughs> yeah. You launch on product hunt and like no matter what, you'll get customers, you know, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just a few. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I view it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think products are con- contextual. Like you may use um, – I don't think sometimes makers realize that people are using two products that are sort of similar – but they're using them in different contexts. And where I've seen that happening was project management. Um, I My previous app was project management, which was very tough to sell. Looking at it back now from like the point I'm standing on here, it's like I just didn't do a you know better job at selling it because people are using a couple of apps to manage their projects. Uh, they're using one for their personal project. They're using one in their company. They're using another one maybe with another group of people they're working on. Like right now I'm using two of them, maybe three even. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, like you have card on one side and you have a landing page maker on the other side. But maybe that landing page maker is for like business, enterprise, whatnot. And then you have card for your personal. So you would never go to the other one for for the um, for the personal one. So I think we have to understand that, you know, like people can use the same uh, product in different contexts like this two different products they're sort of similar um, they do the same job but they're just contextually different and uh, it's not always like oh I'm going to choose this one over that one like for example right now I'm subscribed to Spotify and Tidal to both of them mm-hmm. and I'm not planning to cancel Tidal or Spotify like they're they're good for what I need them for like Tidal I use for when I want to listen to really high fidelity sound you know on my good headphones and then spotify is just a raunchy car driving you know at home whatever you know like the quality is less but he has like a 
a better algorithm Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, you know, suggest songs that you listen to. So I keep both of them on my phone. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't look at that either. So, yeah. I mean, look at you, right? You built a project management tool. Yeah. Um, You know. (laughs) If there's anything that is that the internet is flooded with, it's project management tools. And like, while you didn't, maybe I mean I don't know how much you sold it for, but I, I doubt you became a millionaire from it. Yeah, but, no. <laughs> um, but but you sold it, right? right. You were able yes. to sell it for yes. a good a good sum of money. That kind of, you Absolutely, know, I, yeah. I I don't know if you would call it life changing, but definitely, you know, that gave you comfort Mm -hmm. for the next two years i think is the way you put it um so even if you don't take it to like uh, you know these heights by yourself like you can always kind of take it to a a decent mrr and then sell it um that's kind of how i'm thinking of this widget app um is that i'll i'll grow it a little bit you know get it to a certain to a certain mrr and then sell it Mm -hmm. um and there will always be someone out there who's interested in starting a, a new company and just wants something that's already built um, and would be willing to take things like that over. So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely, definitely not out to disrupt anything anymore. Um, those days are over for me. <laughs> yeah. I've learned well, my lesson. One interesting statistic in the world is that the world grows by 200,000 people per day. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, wow. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> so, but looking at it from the positive perspective, you can say, hey, there's, you know, 200,000 people every day. And, you know, in 10 days, there's 2 million new people. So the mm. market is growing constantly. I mean, we're eating the world probably with that, <laughs> at that rate. But yeah, um, yeah so... You know, there's always going to be like a bigger market as long as there's no wars or any any pandemic or, you know, something like that. It's, you know, things will go for the better. So, yeah, um, it's like the same similarity with restaurants, you know, like there is uh, restaurants in the town and then you want to open up a restaurant. I mean, there's room for it. People want to change restaurants, you know. Yeah, they serve food and you serve food, but maybe you make it differently, mm-hmm. um, different time of day. So. I go with that analogy, and I think people that are startups or products and companies that go for disrupting, they're usually the ones that are funded or they need to make a 10x, 100x exit. Right. Those are, you know, looking for that uh, changing the world or whatnot, you know, disrupting yeah. the market. So I don't think we have to do that. I don't feel like I don't feel that pressure at all to make a good living from my products. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, cool. Yeah, I w- I wanted to touch on um, someone, let me see what his name was, um, who asked us to touch on how to do B2B sales or how to find your first, oh, yes. how, to, how to find your first customer um, in the B2B space. Yeah. Do you have um, experience with that? Um, I have, I do. I okay, have quite great. a bit of experience with that. Um, not only for my own stuff, but I actually worked at a startup that, um, did b2b sales and i was a salesperson oh for it i had no idea yeah um it was experience it was a great experience and it was one of my least favorite jobs because because i am so not a salesperson um by nature you know like some people 
that I worked with were just absolutely fantastic salespeople. Um, you know, they they were ready to kind of get on the phone, you know, talk to these customers, um, make the sale. And I just like dreaded every phone call that I made. <laughs> okay. Um, but I do have the experience. Um, I worked there for a little while, probably about six months. Um, but I want to start with how I do, how I did sales for radio. Um, because I think it's, it's a more realistic way for most people than getting on the phone and calling, you know, hundreds of people a day. Um, and the, the first, the first, uh, way that I started to do it was by actually posting on Product Hunt, um, their ship page. Do you okay. know what I'm talking about? They have I a do, ship. yeah. Is that still yeah. on? I, I... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they still have it. So basically you create a ship page for yourself um, and it's very simple. You just write uh, a, like a little blurb about what your startup does uh, and you post it up and you can pay for it or you can have it free. Um, if you, if you do the free version, you have to promote it yourself because it usually won't show up in the feed. But if you do the paid version, which I think is about 70 bucks a month or something like okay. that, it's pretty steep. Um, you get a ton of signups and those are potential leads, right? That you can then follow up with. You can get them to, to prepay for your product if you kind of make do a an exploratory phone call with them um they can be sort of your your beta customers mm -hmm. um i had a lot of luck with product hunt ship uh, with people who were really engaged and these are early adopters so you know if you have a b2b uh product that requires early adopters this is a great space to be in um so yeah Very that's nice. i had no idea about ship that you know it does give that benefit at all mm -hmm. that's really cool yeah it's a great it's it, yeah the people who are there the people who are on product hunt are just great it's a great audience um because they're really engaged um they're going on there to find new products that they can they can try out you know they're, mm -hmm, they're really mm -hmm. early adopters so they're not so bothered by a product being fully complete or you know they're just excited by new products mm -hmm. so it's the perfect place to be if you have a new product and you want to get that first customer you know uh so that's one of the, the ways that i did it the other way is just cold email uh okay. cold cold email is just really great <laughs> um i know a lot of people are afraid to do it but uh, if you send out, you know, targeted emails, I'm not talking about, you know, putting together a template and just changing the name. Don't do that. Uh, right. Yes. Right. Like actually learn about the person that you're sending the email to uh, and write something that's relevant to their experience, to their life, to their business. Uh, and, and, and then at the end, offer something don't mm -hmm. don't ask for something in return but rather offer them something like um for example if you have a b2b if your b2b business is something like 
let's let's do a landing page, right? For a landing page designer for uh, businesses, like offer to do like a landing page audit rather than asking them to sign up for your landing page tool. Right. Right. Yeah. That way you're building a rapport, building a uh, a relationship with this person, and at you know later on you can then make the ask make the offer for your product rather than mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. rather than uh than making the offer right away yeah um so cold email definitely i mean you can easily get your first customer through cold email you have to cold email a lot i mean we're talking like two three hundred people to maybe get two three people to respond but you know, yeah. if you're really invested in getting your first customer, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, I guess and searching for them would be like through, I guess, just scraping the web on your own, just going around and looking at the industry that you're serving. Yeah, um, there's some there's some good ways to do it. You can you can buy lists. Um, right. You can buy lists of of like, uh, for example, you can you could buy a list of. C-level marketers, for example, and use the use that list to, to email people. Um, there is also I I've used built with. Have you heard of built with? Oh right, yes, yes. Um, I've used that in the past when I was selling uh, website services. Um, I've used that to scrape uh, sort of the web to find out who was using what kind of software on their website. And just email the people who are using the same tools that I was using to build websites mm -hmm. uh, and just tell them like, hey, I can build a better website for you using the same tool that you're already using. Uh, and that seemed to work uh, relatively well. I wouldn't say too well, but it, it works, right? It's, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so builtwith.com uh, is a great way to come up with a, least, a list of leads uh, to email yeah um and then of course there's cold calling right you can oh i hate can, that i know <laughs> i hate i hate it too but cold calling you know depending on your business like the mm -hmm. business that i worked for uh that did a lot of cold calling was uh to the their customers were tourists um sorry okay. not tourists uh tour oh my god why my <laughs> i'm blanking on the word they it's were a monday <laughs> I know it's a Monday. Um, they they basically gave tours or like tour you know, providers, like, agencies? tour providers like okay. activities, you know, mm -hmm, activities, mm -hmm. people, and tour providers, and um, yeah. So it was these are the people who get on the phone a lot, you know. So depending on your audience, depending on your customers, um, they might earn or might not be phone people. Mm -hmm. So if they are phone people, cold calling is really effective, actually. You know, if you have the right phone skills, um, you can get somebody to say yes on the phone pretty easily. Yeah. I used to do that. Like, uh, I don't know, for which, maybe I've done it for Cloudy Task too. And like, when somebody didn't answer, I'd be like so happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I can move on with my life. I tried. <laughs> you were just checking that. the box. <laughs> 
I'm just doing that what other people told me to do. Like, you should cold call. Okay, I'll do it. And then they don't answer. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this works perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I felt when I was, I mean, I had a job that like depended on me making phone calls oh. and like depended on me closing deals. And I still yeah. was really happy when somebody didn't answer the phone. <laughs> I guess you have to be a person that likes, really likes to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Some people Otherwise, are just yeah. good phone people. I'm yeah. just not. I don't yeah. know. I mean, like, I can't imagine, like, if, if they if they said, like, oh, I don't need that. I'd be like, okay, bye. <laughs> and then yeah. I know, like, good salespeople, they, they would just come back, you know, with more questions, like, why don't you want it? Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I can't do that ever. Yeah. So. And the last thing that I'll say is Twitter. I mean... You know, oh, right. yep. Twitter, Twitter is a great place to get your first customer. Um, I, when I was building inspired and I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't a paid, you know, they weren't paid customers, but free users, it was all I did was build in public. You know, all I did was just talk about what I was doing and people started coming in and signing up for it. So, uh, I think that if you have a Twitter audience, even if you don't have a large Twitter audience, if you just start talking about what you're doing and talking about mm -hmm. your solution, people will start to notice and, and sign up. Yeah. yeah, I think it works also. Uh, DMs work pretty well on Twitter, but they don't work if you're just DMing out of the blue. I think if you start you know, making friends with people on Twitter for, for some time, um, so not, you know, so your first message to them is not their first touch with you, you know, like, I think that works great. Like if you're just maybe friending somebody, following somebody and then, you know, replying to their tweets and then down the line, if they fit what you're selling, sending them a DM, maybe just for feedback, I think the reply rate would be higher because right now I get DMs from some people that, you know, I've never interacted with and me replying to them, it takes a little bit more um, energy unless it's something that maybe piques my interest and that hasn't really happened that much or ever. Mm -hmm. So I think DMs work, but the, you know, you have to do your work beforehand, like, you know, months maybe to, to get to talk to people like that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's the same concept as, cold emailing yes, right? you have yeah. to build a rapport first before you start making offers yeah. or or asking yeah. for things just like in life you know like going just up like to somebody life. in the street like hey yeah. <laughs> i have this to sell <laughs> by now <laughs> yeah exactly no <laughs> yeah yeah uh, cool yeah awesome well, we're coming up on our hour i think that's yeah that's all for today unless you have anything else you want to touch on today no i think that's all um yeah so uh maybe we can touch on what we're working on next um what are you will be busy with in the next week or so um so i will be doing my course um well both both taking a course and building a course so i'll be building my gpt3 um mm -hmm and bubble course and i'll also continue to take the widget course and building my widget <laughs> uh nice. yeah so I'm, I'm really excited for the week actually i'm looking oh, cool. forward to i'm looking forward to building my widget <laughs> <laughs> very nice my wife calls me a nerd because okay. all i can talk about is my widget these days <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope you stick to it though. Like, you know, you don't bring in another project until you're done at least. Yeah. <laughs> you have two now, right? You have yeah. two projects. That's well, your... yeah, my, my course and the widget. That's that's what I'm sticking okay. with until nice. I'm finished with both of them. I'm not bringing in anything else. Very nice. And Very if nice. I do, you can you can scold me. Remind <laughs> no. me that <laughs> you can remind me that I said that I wasn't going to bring another one in. <laughs> but the widgets should be done soon ish, right? It's not that big. It, it's not that big, but um, uh, yeah, I'd say within like two weeks, okay. I could probably be done with it and start to look for customers using all of these methods that I just talked about. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> the blueprint. Yeah. Very nice. Very yeah, how about nice. you? What, what um, do you got I'm, on the docket? Actually, I'm going to uh, switch gears a bit and then um, I'll learn a little bit more about marketing. Uh, like, deliberately learn about marketing. Mm -hmm. Like, really get down to it. So I joined uh, Swipe Files oh, yeah. uh, by Corey Haynes. I haven't even read the email, the intro email they sent me, but I paid for it and... I really want to uh, put it into my weekly schedule to really uh, dive into it and, and, and learn from the crowd that's in that group. You know, from what I can see, it's like some of the marketers that we're all following. So mm -hmm. I really want to learn more and, you know, uh, start doing more deliberate marketing for block static as I'm building it. Uh, so, you know, increase my chances down the line, like six months from now, when I start contacting people, <laughs> like sort of, you know, start building that, uh, that um, momentum, I guess, in a way, mm -hmm. uh, from the marketing perspective. So I want to read a lot more on, on marketing and sales maybe. Uh, but yeah, that's really, I want to get really much better at that. So that's the goal yeah. for next week. At least start a, with it. That's a great idea. I need to get yeah. better at marketing too, because I actually want, you know, I sold Inspired without any revenue, yeah. but I actually really want to get some revenue for my next few apps. I want to get a little bit of revenue before I sell it because I think I'll just be able mm -hmm. to increase the price so much more if I have some revenue. Yeah. Um, but for that, I'll need to get better at marketing. And I think I, I might actually look into uh, Swipe Files as well. Do they have a community or is uh, it just... They do. They do. Okay. I think it's... a uh, Honestly, I think they use Circle. Um, okay. And uh, I have quickly looked at their website i've been following Corey for quite some time i have no idea what what goes on in there i can definitely let you know um they sent me the intro email which has everything um to know for how to you know start in there and what to do and intro yourself mm -hmm. and all the benefits so i i will sit down in the next day or so and just you know start at least start with it and then yeah. um, you know do that uh sort of like a habit a weekly habit or maybe daily even, like, you know, just to look at what's happening and have, have a, not a strategy, but have some options ahead, what to do with block static, like how to market it and, and how to go about it. Because I've always really, you know, just shot in the dark and just mm -hmm. you know, did whatever I thought was, was good at the, at the moment. And then just switch so much that probably like people would get confused what's happening with the product. So I really want to have like a sort of uh, a set at least options uh, ahead of what to try and how to do things. So, yeah. Yeah, I love we'll it. We'll see how that I, goes. I might yeah. follow you in that path. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll keep you posted on, on how that goes. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Is awesome. that it for today? Yeah. That is it for today. It was some. All right, cool. All right. Talk to we'll you next see week. see you guys next time. All right. Bye. Bye.